Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm Kat. And I'm T. Hi, T. How are you today? Um, I am feeling in this very moment pretty good. Excellent. Listen, that's, that's all we have is this very moment. So, um, but what we did have last time on the Bible Breakdown, um, we talked about um, Ambibolic. He mm-hmm. was not cool. Um, there was some parable of some trees, um, Gideon's triumph and vengeance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of violence. Wait, was it Gideon or was it Imbim- was Imbimelech the one who ended up getting killed by the woman in the end? Uh, yes. Now, uh, Gideon came first and then Imbimelech. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Imbimelech was the one who, uh, yeah, a woman threw something at him and he yeah. didn't want to be known as someone who got killed by a girl. So he had one of his men kill him, but you still got killed by a girl. Okay. As most of us do. Uh, by an, a certain woman was yeah. her name. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't have a, a lot to say. It looks like, though, today these chapters are no, not spoke too soon. Mine is pretty long. Um, oh, and yours I, are super short. Okay. I really, yay. Lucky yeah. me. <laughs> um, so I was reading this book called The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. It was so good. I know you have a lot going on, but if you get a chance, you should check it out. It's pretty short. The audiobook is amazing. Like the voice actress who does it, incredible. But they hit some really good points of just sort of the hypocrisy in church and just about how mentally damaging it is, especially for black women. You know? Because we start to deify our oppressors and we start worshiping our oppression. It's really, really sad. Yeah, I would think it would be. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm actually trying to, because um, I have been doing another podcast or I just started another podcast. Have you been cheating on our podcast? Uh, you cheated first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I won't say what it's called but the person i had on um did a thing in during COVID where they read 52 books in the year um what book a week essentially and so i am on that wave now so i will add that to my list i'm putting it on my kindle list now and then that way i know how to go back to it but um i've been reading some books lately i over the last couple weeks i've gone through discipline is destiny by ryan holiday i read um atomic habits by james clear and now since i'm you know both of those are essentially self-help books i wanted to do some fiction because i felt like i needed to switch it up so i'm reading kurt vonnegut uh oh, slaughterhouse five fancy well secret lives of church women or secret life of church ladies is fiction and it's a series of short stories so it's really easy to read too i think it was just like a little over four hours on the audiobook but we're not here to talk about good literature we're here to talk about the bible um yeah i mean yeah good depending on who you're asking it's good in the way it was able to survive this long. I will give it, I will give it oh, the receipt. I have a comment on that. Because um, I meant to send you this, um, just piggybacking off what you were saying. Man, the church will do what they have to do to survive. I don't know if you saw this, but women are now allowed to vote within the Vatican, I believe. That's um, amazing. Well, they gotta, I mean, they gotta rebrand. They gotta, I saw somebody put a comment and was like, uh, plot twist, all the women are um, transgender. I'm waiting for my. I got, I got cold. That's a, 
that's a 2000 year old precedent well plot twist somebody said in the comments on um twitter that all the women are trans oh <laughs> i don't know i found that funny but <laughs> you know just for the absurdity of it but listen uh, <laughs> it, it, we're so conditioned by patriarchy it's nuts like imagine if i tried to get you to like join a gym and i was like okay so the child care they do have sort of an internal rape cabal problem and they keep covering up for each other but it's such a good gym like you will just get such good benefits and it's like i don't know i feel like that's how the church is it's like no it's there's a highly likelihood that your child's gonna get assaulted but choir well they have to keep i think rebranding themselves because they have to keep justifying their existence at this point because yeah. a lot a lot of studies have pointed to a lot of younger people are moving away from church and even if they, they still should. are believers they aren't going to the institutions as much and i believe COVID severely you know spiked those numbers and so having time to sit and think does a lot to your um sort of belief systems sometimes because a lot of times we I think that's um one of the things capitalism is set up to keep us constantly economically anxious so we're constantly working and you don't have time to just sit and think about what you want like it it seems like such a simple thing but our brains use a lot of energy so yeah well, but, in addition to that before you get started sorry okay to make okay. this last point okay. um that yeah, with the video I sent you the other day, too, that kind of showed that people were kind of getting away from church because now we have therapy. And it's so um, it's so much about working on yourself and understanding yourself more. And so that a lot of people have started to feel the need where they don't have to do therapy, which was funny because I thought while I was watching that video was the fact that um, Churches have started offering therapy. Like now they understand. Like again, they're trying to do whatever they can to continue to justify their existence. Well, that's how power works. No one ever is like, you know what? I'm gonna give up my massive amount of power. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Go ahead. You can go ahead and get started if you like. Thank you for your patriarchal um permission. You're welcome. That's what men do. Yes, it is. So we're reading the New Revised Standard Version of Judges 10. Tola and Jair. Jair? Tola and Jair. After Ambemelech, Tola, son of Pua, son of do Dodo, a man of Issachar who lived at Shamar in the hill country of Ephraim, rose to deliver Israel. He judged Israel 23 years. Then he died and was buried at Shamar. After him came Jair the Gileadite, who judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys, and they had 30 towns, which are in the land of Gilead and are now called Havoth Jer. To this day, Jer died and was buried in Kaum. Oppression by the Ammonites. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, worshiping the Baals and the Asharts. Ash Astartes, the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the god of the Philistines. Thus they abandoned the Lord and did not worship him. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the Ammonites, and they crushed and oppressed the Israelites that year. For 18 years they oppressed all the Israelites that were beyond the Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. The Ammonites also crossed the Jordan to fight against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was greatly distressed. So the Israelites cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you because we have abandoned our God and have worshiped the Baals. And the Lord said to Israelites, did I not deliver you from the Egyptians and the Amorites and the Ammonites and from the Philistines? The Sidonians also, and the Amalekites and the Minoites. 
oppressed you and you cried out to me and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet you have abandoned me and worship other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry to the gods whom you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your distress. And the Israelites said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you, but deliver us this day. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and worshiped the Lord, and he could no longer bear to see Israel suffer. Then the Ammonites were called to arms, and they encamped in Gilead, and the Israelites came together, and they encamped in Mizpah. And the commanders of the people of Gilead said to one another, Who will begin the fight against the Ammonites? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so God's just coming back and basically saying that, uh, hey, you know, you thought you were leaving, but uh, you're not. It's like you're cheating, bitches. Yeah. I've had enough of you. And they're like, no, don't leave. He's like, all right, I'll give you one more chance. Yeah, uh, it kind of reminded me of, like, often how men can... Um, <laughs> hold the power in the relationship as far as financially and then if a woman tries to leave and then she gets out and she's not you know as I, I don't I use successful loosely without that man and then he's like you know see what happens when you leave you could have stayed you could have had all this but you left yeah I think this is a power fantasy that gets played out a lot that's all it, you it's, oh. it's very what no, I was just going to say, that's all you have? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. It just, to me, it's just very subdom. It's like, you're nothing without me. You come crawling back. You disgust me. And it's like, no, please, no. It's like, you're. Yeah, I mean, it's like that. It's it's, it's pimping the one-on-one, as we've, you know, yeah. I mentioned in here before. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. At this point, I mean, God and also God is once again doing his thing like, hey, remember I did that that one time for you. But I mean, you know, maybe we have to. None of these people. Is it Janet Jackson who was like, what have you done for me lately? That was Janet Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, nobody ever says that to God in the Bible. Like, yeah, you. I mean, yeah, you helped us that one time. We owe you our Well, it was, he, he gave you a list. He was like, I helped you with the Egyptians and the Sidonians and the Amalites and the ba 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 ba. And it's like, okay, well, help me one more time, Lord. It's like, I don't know, this idea of God just getting like jealous and pissed off and then letting you be sold into slavery is. Very, uh, I'm just gonna say it's a weird dynamic. Yeah, it it's I don't know. Anyway, moving on to Judges 11. Uh, Jephthah. Now Jephthah the Gileadite, the son of the of a prostitute, was a mighty warrior. Gilead was the father of Jephthah. Gilead's wife also bore his son him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up. They drove Jephthah away, saying to him, You shall not inherit anything in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Top. Outlaws collected around Jephthah and went raiding with him. After a time with the Ammonites, made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah from the land of Top. They said to Jephthah, come and be our commander so that we may fight with the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, are you not the very ones who rejected me and drove me out of my father's house? So why do you come to me now when you are in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, nevertheless, we have now turned back to you so that you may go with us and fight with Ammonites and become head over us, over all of the inhabitants of Gilead. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, if you bring me home again to fight with the Ammonites and the Lord gives them over to me, I will be your head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, the Lord will be witness between us. We will surely do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead and the people made him head and commander over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord of Mizpah. Then Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites and said, What is there between you and me that you have come to me to fight against my land? The king of the Ammonites answered the messengers of Jephthah, because Israel, on coming from Egypt, took away my land from the Ar Arnon 
to the Jabbok and to the Jordan, and now therefore restore it peacefully. Once again, Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites and said to him, Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came up from Egypt, Israel went from the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Israel then sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. They also went to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained at Kadesh. Then they journeyed through the wilderness, went around the land of Edom and land of Moab, arrived on the east side of the land of Moab and camped on the other side of Arnon. They did not enter the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was the boundary of Moab. Israel then sent messengers to King Shion of the Amorites, uh, king of Heshbon, and Israel said to him, let us pass through your land to our country. But Shion did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Shion gathered all his people together and encamped as Jahaz and fought with Israel. Then the Lord, the God of Israel, gave Shion and all his people into the land of Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel occupied all the land of the Amorites who inhabited that country. They occupied all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon to the Jabbok and from the wilderness to the Jordan. So now the Lord, the God of Israel, had conquered the Amorites for the benefit of the people of his people of Israel. Do you intend to take their place? Should you not possess what you what your God Shamash gives you to possess? And should we not be the ones to possess everything that the Lord our God has conquered for our benefit? Now, are you any better than the king Balak, son of Zippor of Moab? Did he ever enter into conflict with Israel, or did he ever go with, to war with them? While Israel lived in Heshbon and its villagers, in its villages, and in Arir and its villages, and in all the towns that are along the Arnon, three hundred years. Why did you not recover them with that time? Within that time, is it not I who have sinned against you? But you are the one who does not. But you are the one who does me wrong by making war on me. Let the Lord who is judged decide today for the Israelites or for the Amorites. But the king of the Am Ammonites did not heed the message of that Jephthah sent him. Uh, sent him. Jephthah's I would email. That was long as hell. Yeah, that was. I mean, I still got a disrespectfully long email. <laughs> Very passive aggressive. Uh, <laughs> The spirit of the Lord, Jephthah's vow, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh. He passed on to the Mispap of Gilead from Mispap of Gilead. He passed on to the Ammonites and Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whoever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return victorious from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's to the be offered up by me as a burnt offering so jephthah crossed over to the ammonites to fight against them and then and the lord gave them into his hand he inflicted a massive defeat on them from arir to the neighborhood of Minah, 20 towns and as far as abel abel Karamim. so the ammonites were subdued before the people of israel jephthah starter then Jephthah came to his home of Mizpah, and there was his daughter coming out to meet him with timbrels and with dancing. She was only she was his only child. He had no son or daughter except her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, "Alas, my daughter, you have brought me, you have brought me very low. You have become the cause of great trouble to me, for I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow." So he said. So she. Oh look, she said to him. My father, if you have opened your mouth to the Lord, do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth. Now that the Lord has given you vengeance against your enemies, the Ammonites, and she's and she said to her father, let this thing be done for me. Grant me two months so that I may go and wander on the mountains and be wall my virginity, my companions and I go, he said and sent her away for two months. So she departed, she and her companions, and bewalled her virginity on the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to the vow he had made. She had never slept with a man, so there arose an Israelite custom for four days every year that the daughters of Israel go to the lament, go to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gilead. That's fucking disgusting. Um, Wow, right. that was quite the action packed. 
chapter. Okay. I mean, there's a lot there. You're really going to have to ask Chat GPT about this one. Well, I I'm also give my few. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I also didn't do the um, summary after you just read. So I can do both when you okay. get Okay. I was going to say, like, I can use my poor, feeble human brain to kind of comprehend what just went on. But um, at first, I was on Jephthah's side because I was like, man, that's crazy. Just because your mama was a hoe doesn't mean you deserve to lose your home just because yo, you know, daddy's real wife and kids don't want you around because they don't think you deserve because your mama was a hoe. That's fucked up. But I like that he was able to show back up with him and be like, hey, I've been raiding because it sounds like he was like uh, got up like with the band of robbers and was like raiding and shit and came up. And then uh, his brothers were like, hey, you you're the man now, help us out. And he was like, oh, back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. I was all on me. So he, but you know, he's like, okay, you know, I can run this thing for a while, whatever, whatever. And so then he makes like a deal with God where he's like, look, I promised to kill something. The first thing that runs up to me as soon as I get home, if you allow me to kill these people. So God was like, you got it. But then when he comes home, his only child runs out to greet him first. And he's like, ah, damn it, daughter. Now I got to kill you. And she's super cool about it. She was like, I understand, father. Just give me two months with my girl so we can fuck in the mountains. And he was like, okay, sure. And I mean, to me, that's the subtext. I don't know. Bewailing my virginity to me sounds like a I'm going to fuck like the plane's going down because my dad's going to murder me in two months. So, um, and then they're saying that this is the, and then he did it. That's what's crazy too. Like he, she comes back and he murders her and sets her on fire for the Lord. And then it starts a custom where every, for four days, every year, the daughters of Israel would go to limit the daughter of Jephthah. She didn't even get a name. She's just the daughter of Jephthah. I don't understand how anybody could read this and think, oh, this is exactly what we should follow. Oh, thanks be to God. Like, I don't, I just don't, like, everything we've read pretty much it's, this entire time, but particularly today, like, that's not a deal I'm fucking making. Like, what? Well, and Also, I, you're I God. You have the power to help me anyway. Like, I shouldn't have to fucking kill, kill my children. To show kill, that I mean business. Well, like, I especially shouldn't have to kill or fuck my kids or that type of shit to like make a deal with you like you're the fucking creator of the fucking universe like that's just absurd to me and anybody who reads this and thinks oh no it's okay like that's just god testing your that loyalty. was just back then like like there was any fuck. there was any time in human history where that was cool and that poor girl's mother can we talk about jephthah's daughter's mother who also doesn't get a name or a mention in this story like or i don't know maybe she was already dead from childbirth because it was a very hard time to stay alive but like imagine if you lived in a time where or i i'm just imagining because i i only have one daughter and like if we lived in a society where my partner could just be having a psychotic episode who knows and decides because there's not enough water dehydration will make you crazy like he's like no god let me kill all these people and because here's the other thing what if you break your vow with god then what god's gonna kill you so why weren't my kid right like that's that's literally crazy so but once again these are the uh, descendants of Abraham who was willing to kill his kid to prove that how much he loved the Lord. This is this also slightly reminds me of like police, where it's like, mm -hmm. or not necessarily more so like law enforcement in general or government in general, where it's like it's wrong if you, the individual, do something, but we as an organization as can commit a crime to you know. An atrocity, even. Well, yeah, we can do that because it's justified. Like this, literally, is how it feels. Like, hey, killing is wrong, but if you're killing for God, okay. Well, because then, what do you? I, I would love to learn more about the human sort of like urge for human sacrifice because I feel like that's existed in so many cultures around the world, independent of the Bible. Like I think there, I remember when I was taking psychology, my teacher was talking about there's something about human beings that want to see blood. 
And like there, even remember in the road to El Dorado where uh, the bad like dude was talking about how like why the gods want blood because gods don't bleed. Mm-hmm. And it's just this thing where, because it's funny because even when you bring up the police, I sometimes feel like there's this psychological need to see like black bodies die because they think it's keeping them safe. I just think men, man in general is just very violent, hyper violent, and regardless of black or white or whatever, just like that's just how they are. Like we are like that. Like we're. I mean, I can even. It's something about. How do I put this? Like when I go play basketball, like there's something about this com- competition, this gladiator mentality, that I think can be very exhilarating can be very fulfilling like me going to play sports and stuff like i do get a rush doing that and often it can be kind of like a way to create and resolve conflict but this is the thing we should leave that in those spaces like if you know if you want to be a boxer or whatever or whatever the case like leave that in that space when we go into like regular society we should be able to have conversations and be able to not be so hyper violent and it's just fucking wild to me that like uh, i don't know that we're using this as an example i guess um i can read these summaries though because i did not do that chat gpt okay. is our our third um host here um so for judges 10 um just in case anybody who's listening was not exactly following what the hell was going on so after the deaths of tola and jair uh, the Israelites fell back into worshiping other gods and were oppressed by the Philistines and Ammonites for 18 years. They cried out to God and repented, and God reminded them of how he had delivered them before, but they had abandoned him. The Israelites put away their foreign gods and worshiped the Lord. The Ammonites were called to arms and encamped in Gilead, and the commanders of the people of Gilead looked for someone to lead them into the fight. And then for Judges 11, um the summary of that is jephthah a mighty warrior and the son of a prostitute was driven away by the brothers by his brothers and later became a leader of a group of outlaws when the ammonites made war against israel the elders of gilead asked jephthah to be their commander and jephthah agreed on the condition that he were victorious he would become the head of gilead jephthah defeated the ammonites but he made a vow to god that he would sacrifice the first person to come out of his house to meet him unfortunately his only daughter came out to greet him i mean like what the fuck did you expect first of all and he carried out his vow as a result an israel like custom arose that for four days every year the daughters of israel will go out to lament the daughter of jephthah like i mean what do you expect like there's only maybe one of two people that would have come out of your home well it sounds like he was a big deal so he probably like had a lot of slaves and stuff so he was probably helping one of the slaves because you think about like yeah and most they usually the slaves because they got to attend to the master and stuff like that so he was probably just hoping he was just gonna have to murder one of his slaves or something but it sounds like she had like a whole like timbre, like she had a whole routine, like, hey, daddy's back from killing people. And he was like, oh, no. It's just whatever. Yeah. It's terrible. It's pretty gross. A nice, pretty I mean, gross. from a storytelling standpoint, I think that is a, yeah, a, like, a nice tragedy story. Tension. Yeah, yeah, there's a tra- lot it. of tension there. It's pretty cool. All right. Judges All right. 12. Um, oh, that's me, isn't it? Yes. Intertribal. Okay, Judges 12. Intertribal decision. Distinction. The men of Ephraim were called to arms, and they crossed to Zaphon and said to Jephthah, Why did you cross over to fight against the Ammonites and did not call us to go with you? We will burn your house down over you. Japheth said to them, My people and I were engaged in conflict with the Ammonites who oppressed us severely. But when I called you, you did not deliver me from their hand. When I saw that you would not deliver me, I took my life in my hand and crossed over against the Ammonites. And the Lord gave them into my hand. Why then have you come up to me this day to fight against me? Then Japheth gathered all the men of Gilead and fought with Ephraim and said to the men of Gilead, defeated 
Ephraim because they said you are fugitives from Ephraim you Gileadites in the heart of Ephraim and Manasseh then the Gilead Gileadites took the fords of the Jordan against the Ephraimites whenever one of the fugitives of Ephraim said let me go over the men of the Gilead would say to him are you an Ephraimite when he said no they said to him then say Shibboleth and he said shibboleth for he could not pronounce it right then he seized him then they seized him and killed him at the fords of the jordan 42,000 of the ephraimites fell at that time japheth judged israel six years then japheth the gilead died and was buried in his town in gilead is ibzan elion abdon and abdon after him is Ibzan of Bethlehem judged Israel. He had 30 sons. He gave his 30 daughters in marriage outside his clan and brought in 30 young women from outside for his sons. He judged Israel seven years. Then Ibzan died and was buried at Bethlehem. After him, Elon the Zebulonite judged Israel and he judged Israel for 10 years. Then Elon the Zebulite died and was buried at Ajanlon in the land of Zebulun. After him, Abdon son of Hillel the Parathionite judged Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons and rode on 70 donkeys. He judged Israel eight years. Then Abdon, son of Hillel, the Parathionite died and was buried at Pirathon in the land of Ephraim in the hill country of the Amalekites. All right. A lot of aftermath of everything that just happened previously you know what it's also giving i mean we say this a lot the game of thrones remember when stannis killed his daughter um yeah to appease the fire lord yeah yeah it's definitely that yeah because i think the lesson from that is like no matter what god requests from you you gotta do it yeah yeah it's bullshit a little bit um, um actually this is this is constantly just like i've pretty much just said like you know i'm agnostic i identify as agnostic um but man and i still for most part believe that like, i don't know and i'm comfortable just being like i don't know dude. but what i kind of do speculate hypothesize is that if there is a god it ain't whoever the fuck is in this book like this is just this is it like makes no logical sense why the creator of the universe one would ever need my fucking help but two like the more i just think about this it's just like it reminds me of uh prometheus the movie where it's just like whoever oh. created whoever created this like regardless if they cared or not they don't like it's i mean i don't know maybe we were created for the entertainment like maybe we're reality tv for some fucking universe somewhere i don't fucking know or galaxy somewhere like maybe we are that i don't know but it's just like obviously they don't care enough to interact with us in a way that is uh, i I loosely say meaningful um i guess direct at least a direct in a way that we can interpret. Um, so I don't know. This just it's just and it just like I don't know a lot of people be like, well, God has a plan that you cannot comprehend and is so above your mindset, and maybe it is, but like, why would this be the best plan of action? Like, why is that this? And then like the more I read this, the more I just become frustrated with like I spent 12 years of my life being force fed this shit. And it's only because my mother wanted me to have a better life and wanted me to become educated. And I did become educated and I did become more of, I mean, I'm already naturally just kind of somebody who doesn't do what other people just say fucking do because they say do it. But like, this just makes me double down more. And like, now I'm super hyper aware of like, when somebody says something like, does this actually make sense what they're saying? Or just, are they just saying this because it's just being regurgitated from some other fucking area like and it makes me examine and question my motives in doing shit like am i actually doing this because i want to do it why do i want to do this and like all these things that i bet was never really intended through spirituality through church like they didn't want me to necessarily be this type of thinker but it's forced me to because 
That shit doesn't make sense. I mean, it's all a trauma response. Like, I feel like um, my parents' desire for me to have a religious upbringing was sprung out of trauma. Um, a lot of my reactions to things like being hyper skeptical and stubborn is a trauma response from expected from being expected to be unquestionably obedient to this. So, you know, we're all just managing our trauma. It makes me sad because it's, it's, it makes me, like but it makes me happy that it was only twelve years. Like, I guess that does feel slave. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. To me, I'm always, and I mean, kudos to you for figuring out it or being at least able to admit it to yourself at 12. I feel like I figured it out a while ago. I just was lying to myself to stay in a certain level of, of, you know, physical, you know, mental comfort. But like I was, I was 18, 19 before I was able to just articulate to myself, like, I don't believe this. Well, I didn't figure it out at 12. I think well into my twenties, I still believed in Christian God. I just, I think actually you were probably the, because it's always the woman, you were the person that like I was ever first really comfortable like having these discussions because you like felt similar to how I do. But prior to that, like, you know, if you question anything, people are like, oh, you're questioning God or you don't believe in God or whatever. And it's like so many environments that I, it's, it's so. You're going to love that Secret Life of Church Ladies book. It's so in invaded or infected in the minds because people will cut around. you off like i think we're fortunate that most of the pe christian people in our lives might know about us like but they're not gonna not all of them but most of them are gonna cut us off just because of our beliefs but we are gonna have to listen to a lot of you know like it, it's it, it there's there's still a price there's like a penalty to pay almost if you aren't a believer in certain circles like i have uh i'll probably mention this on the podcast before but you know on thursday mornings um i used to go play basketball and at this place and um, at this one gym it's no longer like it's no longer gym anymore they sold the building or whatever that's not important but this it's it was basically like we would we would start off praying we play a few games of basketball, then we take a break and we would read a passage from the Bible, usually something from the New Testament. Um, and I only got into doing that because of the job I was previously working. But now that, and we so anyway, when they sold the building, we stopped playing basketball for a while and then they had to find a new location for us to go in the morning. Well, I guess they've found a new location and I haven't been since, like I haven't been since they sold that building. And that was our last time. And I just kind of was thinking, because today's Thursday, like, you know, I like hooping. But I was like, I don't really want to go. I don't want to be, I guess where I'm going with this, I don't want to be around that energy. Like, I'm to the point now where anything that comes up in my feed about God or people, because I know it's usually about Christian God. So anything comes up about Christian God and praying or any of that shit, skip, skip. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be around it. I don't fucking care. Like it's annoying. It's annoying to me at this point. Well, and you I, should you should know too. It's it's obviously triggering you. It's fucking triggering me because yeah, and I, there's nothing wrong with avoiding your triggers. I have had it. Come on, therapy speak. I've had it up to here with just all of it. Like I'm, and it's and it's because of kind of what you had just alluded to like i and i was saying this in therapy the other day like i genuinely think like i know most people think they're a good person i don't know if most people do the work i actually try to do the work and examine and self-examine like okay did i fuck up here how could i have done better da, 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 da. and i was in therapy and i said this i was like you know why does me feeling like i am a good person or trying to be a good person always have to conflict with other people feeling like they have to be a good person a la the fucking Christian people that I've dated or been around where it's like, they cannot concede the idea of the, this might be not great. And, and, and it's frustrating because where we live at in the world is so ingratiated into the society, into every fucking facet to government, to fucking just everything. And it's, it, yeah, it is traumatizing yeah. to me. It is because I feel like I know this about humans for as much as 
people be like, oh, I don't need anybody. We're social creatures. I feel alone when I'm not, when I don't have people to talk to. And I feel like depressed when I don't have these circles to be around. But it's like, it's hard to do that when it's fucking this Christian shit that I ain't down with, man. I'm not down with it. I'm sorry. And like, it's not like I don't, I don't want to, again, I've said this before. It's not like I wouldn't want to fucking go to heaven. Who the fuck wouldn't want to do that? Why would I not? Actually, just... the Christian heaven as described doesn't sound great. Well, from the technical standpoint, I'm just going off of what we've been fed. Like this this place of all peace and never having to suffer and all this type of shit. But it's just like, why would I not want to do that? I'm not trying to be the, the kid who's saying there's no Santa. I think just... the most alluring thing is like you might get to see like people you've lost again. I feel like that's more alluring, but um, yeah, I think that's false. I just, I don't know, man. I'm just drained in this tiring, I, yeah. And it, it, and it is obviously influencing so many politics in the world, mm-hmm. and influencing negatively, and it influences other shit. Like it influences relationship styles. It like it just has, it gives unrealistic expectations onto human behavior. Because I've when you're I like listening to emotion in your voice. Part of it is too because, you know, just examining modern Christianity now and especially how it is in the Black Church, the way they expect men to—I mean, really, men and women—because you have to have the strict binary. So there's also no room for anything else. So don't even try to show up and be non-binary. Sorry, guys. But then once you're there and you pick a side, like you have to stick to these gender norms that are just so rigid, like no one, you're just set up to fail. And so I feel like that's where a lot of these frustration, these triggers are coming from, because I know like for you, you were saying like one of the reasons like you're like, I can't just exclusively date black women because they're too religious and I need to be able to be able to express myself and be myself. And like I, you know, the ones that I've encountered, not all of them. Yeah, yeah the but the w- the way women are being taught in the church, the way men are supposed to be, that's not how men are. And it's like there's not going to be a way to really love and appreciate each other unless we like are actually who we are. And then it just makes me be like, man, I guess I'm just going to be alone. Like maybe I am just going to be alone because there's nothing you don't, you don't have to say alone like single isn't like i'm alone in the world like you just i mean alone in the sense of like i don't there are very few like my friend circle shrank not necessarily because of religious things but some of it due to that some of it life stuff some of it just being that i'm not on the same shit that these other people You're are getting anymore. older and more discriminating <laughs> that's just what happens in life. He's like, I can't put up with some of the bullshit. That I, same reason I don't drink Kool Aid anymore. Like it, it, you know, like that was fun back in the day. But now I'm an adult. I can't drink Kool Aid every day. I just, I feel like I'm one of those people that's just super cerebral. And again, I, I said this to you in our conversation, but my sister brought this up the other day about she's not into going out and drinking like she feels like it's very low frequency vibration type shit and like i always thought that like people who drink a lot like that was just never my vice like it's not my vice to want to go out and go drink or smoke like or party like that was not i would much rather just have a conversation with people and like let's philosophize and pick apart the universe and shit like that and that's just more my speed like yes i do like going out and having fun and doing those things but the extent to which I feel like it is projected upon us, like that is the only thing to do is just crazy to me. And so I feel like that about this. What's up? Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I was looking cause I was like, okay, we need to announce what we're going to talk about next episode. Oh, and yeah. so judges 13, the birth of Samson. Do you want me to do? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. sorry. I have to do the summary too of, Oh, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. Um, all right. So, so to summarize the text of Judges 12, um, the tribe of Ephraim is angry with Jephthah for not calling them to fight against the Ammonites. Uh, but Jephthah explains that he had asked for the uh, he had asked for their help, but did not come, and he was forced to fight alone. A battle ensues, and the Gileads defeat the 
uh, Ephraimites, Jephthah judges Israel for six years and is succeeded by Ibzan, who judges for seven years, then by Elon for 10 years, and finally by Abdon for eight years. So that was what that uh, chapter was about. Samson yeah. is born. Um, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, Samson is one of my favorite stories in the Bible, so I'm excited. I used to love... Um, because, like, I'm understanding now, like, why there had to be, like, children's storybooks about Bible stories. Because you can't directly read, you know, like, oh, Jephthah was the son of a prostitute. It's like, mommy, what's a prostitute? It's like, ask yeah. your dad's mother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, but, yeah, it would be, um, um, it, it was a sexy story. I remember, like, um, having a... Uh, like illustrated storybook about the Samson and Delilah story and they tried to keep it you know gee but even as a little kid I, I didn't understand that's what the feeling was like being I was titillated I was like oh it's like why does Samson keep coming back yeah <laughs> so okay. yeah um yeah I'm, I'm really excited to read about uh Samson and uh well specifically Samson and Delilah no, I mean, yeah, you've mentioned this before, so this is going to be an interesting story. Um, also, just to it's, I'm ahead. sorry, it's two of my favorite things. It's sex and hair care. Gotcha. Uh, just kind of to wrap up also what I was talking about, I think a, another thing that frustrates me is there's very little space to go talk about these things. Like, I mean, even on this podcast, like, we have to fucking use aliases because... You know, to put yourself out there for real, like you not only I don't give a shit about being criticized, like that's fine, but the extent to which the internet culture goes to try to not only criticize but often demonize people for speaking out is crazy. And then on top of that, there's a whole safety issue to that because you say you don't believe in God, then people want to fucking kill you, which is like the most ungodly thing to do. So, well, according to their stuff, because it's like I used to. Um, so here's the one thing. Do you think you could date like a Muslim girl? I mean, again, I'm sorry, I'm not, a Muslim woman. I'm not even against necessarily dating. No, fuck that. Actually, fuck that. I because I was thinking about this the other day because I used to be like, you know, I can date somebody who's Christian and not be and I don't have to be 100 percent Christian. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm. I think I don't think I could do it. I don't think I, I don't think I could because I feel like it's going to infect everything we would try to do. And I think you're right um, because this is what people have the belief system because it's where they want to get their values and stuff like that. But it is interesting, like you said, when you bring up like dissenting opinions about religion, a lot of people's initial reaction is anger. And mm -hmm. like you said, like, um, and historically, the if you look at the history of the church, like it was the Catholic Church for most of its history, and then along came the Protestant Revolution. But generally, in in most uh, belief systems, when they're taking over, there's a lot of killing. Like the Catholic Church didn't play that shit. Like we were talking yeah. about Galileo and Copernicus, and like a lot of times the the punishment for heresy would be death. Like some you could yeah. get excommunication, but if it was bad enough, they could just straight up kill you. And the, and we're seeing that in the Bible. Like a lot a lot of times the punishment for disobedience is death. So um, it's kind of what you expect to see. Um, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. But on the plus side, we do get to in a lot of places in the world, we would be killed for doing what we're doing right now. So we got a little privilege. Yeah, for sure. But this is just again fucking wild. Like I to answer your question, I mean, may I don't know. Maybe I could date a Muslim, but I would much rather like my ideal partner not a hundred percent subscribe to any organized religion. I think, I think that would be I could, best. I think the like compromise I could make with a partner is if they wanted to like kind of like how um like because I'll still do Christmas I just don't want to go to church like I'll still but Christmas do, is not even like I'll do Christmas that's not even really it, it's like doing Halloween like Halloween is technically a religious holiday but it's just gotten so secular over yeah. the years 
So like it would be the same thing if like I had a partner who was maybe raised Muslim or Jewish and maybe wanted to do like a past, like a Seder or something. But like I wouldn't want to do the religious instruction. But I I want to do the parties. Yeah, I don't mind doing that. I just yeah. But I'll party in any religion. I I don't even mind like because when people say pray and stuff, or we're sitting at the dinner table or whatever, I don't necessarily even mind doing that. I just don't. I just like to use it as a moment to be grateful to have. Like I don't yeah, like I'll be to respectful. I, I quite honestly feel a way about the prayers before dinner. Like cuz to me I think we glaze over the hands that prepared this a little too quick. Well, I don't even like like I'm I think I'm at the point where I don't I just think we should bow our heads and take a moment. Like nobody has to say anything. You could say something to yourself. I don't because I don't feel like well, we need I to think put we should off. thank the hands who prepared it, maybe directly. We don't have to close our eyes. No, we can maybe look them in the eyes and say, Thank you for all this I, work. Well, I usually just tell them that, but yes, that, but I remember fun. the men who would like pray over our family meals, like at like functions and stuff. And oh, I remember it just going so long, and I'd be so hungry and ready to eat. And we'd be like, Oh Lord, we'd be nothing without you. Thank you so much for this bounty you have prepared before us. Yeah. But actually, what I observed all day was a bunch of women running around making all this stuff and then cleaning up once it's over. But just yeah. an observation. Yeah, I mean, people should get their credit. So, yeah, that. yeah. That's all I have. I mean, I could go on about this for more, but you, I yeah, think I you think all get the point. Yeah, you guys get it. Um, you should also get over to Bible Breakdown um, podcast at gmail.com. You should also follow us on Instagram. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Um, and uh, no no death threats. That'd be great. I mean, that would be great if you're going to send them. I mean, I guess whatever. If you're, not, you're probably not going to get a response from me, but whatever. I don't really check anything. So uh, I haven't yeah. checked in a while, but I mean... Never mind, because I don't want to provoke. I don't want to provoke more <laughs> anger. <laughs> um, everybody, your body belongs to you. Thank you for listening. Um, um, you got anything for him, T? Just continue to get mental health therapy, preferably from non-organized um, religious institutions. So, yeah. And on that note, um, we'll see you next time.